Father, we want to thank you for your presence. We want to thank you that you're here. We want to thank you for your word. And we want to declare this morning that people are going to leave this place healed by the power of Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, um, what, a, what a great morning, what a great opportunity to speak for a, a few minutes this morning on the area of healing. You know, we live in a world where people get sick. We live in a, in, a, in a world where people get disease. We live in a world where uh, people experience pain. And we know from the Bible that that was never God's heart. That was never God's plan. That was never God's intention. Uh, but nevertheless, we live in a broken, fallen world where, where people do get sick. But as Christians, we have a hope and it's called the resurrection. We believe that one day we are going to be resurrected and that we're going to live forever and ever in the presence of God where there is going to be no sickness, no pain, no disease, no death. Amen? But the wonderful thing is that, as Chris already mentioned, we can experience healing, not just in heaven, but right now. You know, we thank God, don't we, for our NHS. We thank God for doctors and nurses. Is there anyone here uh, this morning and you're involved in the medical profession at all? You're a, a nurse or a doctor or a pharmacist. Give us a wave. Can we just thank and honor these people who look after us? It's absolutely incredible. But here's the thing. You know, it's not medicine or God, is it? It's not science or God because we believe God created medicine. God gave people, uh, God gave physicians and, uh, and doctors and nurses as a gift to this world. But nevertheless, as we look throughout the Bible and as we look throughout church history and as we hear stories like Jared was just sharing, we know that as well as medicine, as well as doctors and nurses and physicians, we believe that there is a God who can supernaturally touch our bodies and heal us. And because sometimes the doctors can't help. Sometimes medicine can't help. But there's a God of the impossible who can. And actually, as Christians... Prayer and God and healing, that's not just our last resort when everything fails, but actually our first part of call should be our loving Heavenly Father who is able to heal us and able to touch us. Uh, very quickly, let me just tell you a, a couple of a quick um, miracles, uh, miracle testimonies. Probably two of the most dramatic um, healings that I've seen. Um, a couple of years ago, I was in Argentina in South America. We prayed for a young lady who was um, 18 years of age, uh, but she looked probably only about 12 uh, because she'd been born um, with a condition that had twisted her spine. It had stunted her growth and and she had two leg braces on both, uh, one on each leg. And without those leg braces, she had never been able to walk. Um, she came out for prayer. Um, I laid hands on her. She was just overwhelmed by the presence of God and fell to the floor. So I knelt by the side of her, laid hands on her again and began to pray. And as I prayed in the name of Jesus, I heard all the bones in her back crack back into place. A few moments later, she got up totally healed, took off the leg braces and walked unaided for the first time in her life. Um, now, some, some people think, well, does that kind of stuff just only happen overseas? Well, probably an even more dramatic miracle happened in Rotherham. 
Good heavens, God can even move in Rotherham. And uh, this, was, this was very recent. This was just only a few, uh, a few months ago. Uh, Luke Vardy, who's an, an evangelist based at uh, our Ghoul campus, his mum was in a, uh, in a meeting that I was preaching at, a Sunday night meeting in Rotherham in November. And I just wrote, wrote this down just so that I got it exactly right. Uh, but Colleen had injured herself swimming. Um, about five, six years previously, um, one leg was totally lame, and the other one, she had uh, ver- uh, limited movement in the other leg. So again, she had to have leg braces on. Um, her back had been damaged because of the fall in the swimming pool. She had nerve damage from the waist down. She had internal injuries. She was doubly incontinent. She had type 2 diabetes. Her and her husband, who were leading a small church, had to give up the church because he became her full-time carer. She had a mobility scooter. She had a special uh, bed with a a, a kind of a a harness that got her in and out. Just her whole life for about five, six years um, was just a total mess. And uh, a few, a couple of months ago, or a few months ago, November last year, on a Sunday evening, she came out for prayer. And as I was laying hands on people, people were just falling out under the power of God. Uh, But Colleen, she was stood there and she was thinking, whatever happens, I want prayer. I believe in healing, but I can't fall on the floor because if I do, I could be totally paralyzed. Um, so as I was praying for her, she had a kind of a catcher behind her, um, and, and she, she was just shaking with the power of God, but she was holding on. She, she wasn't going on the floor, not because she didn't uh, want to encounter God, but just because it was, it was a dangerous thing medically. Well, I had no idea what was wrong with her or anything, so I'm just praying for her, and I'm getting a little bit irritated, because I'm thinking, I can see the power of God's all over her, but she's kind of resisting what God wants to do, so I just carried on down the line praying for people, and all the cat just came with me and suddenly I just felt I've got to go and pray for again but I forgot to tell the catchers so I just went back laid hands on again bam she hit the floor hard and everyone in the church was kind of like looking around a few months later she got up totally 100% healed Her legs, she got full mobility back in her legs. Um, her, uh, the nerves that had been damaged in her spine, God did a creative miracle and, and, and restored the nerve damage. All the internal injuries were healed. Even the diabetes was healed. Uh, she sent back the scooter. She sent back the bed. Um, she now has full mobility, totally healed by the power of Jesus. That's what God can do, isn't it? Um, now, I've only got uh, probably 10, 15 minutes just to, just to speak because we want, we want to give a few minutes to, to pray for people this morning. And I was just kind of thinking, you know, what, what, what do I share this morning uh, other than testimonies which are wonderful? But I was just struck by this, this sense that Jesus is here. Because healing is not just a thing that Christians believe. Healing is not just an event. Healing is a person called Jesus. And Jesus is here right now. Come on. He's here. I think even just that, that 
that revelation, that thought that Jesus here, that changes everything, doesn't it? Because sometimes we can be in the presence of Jesus and not actually realize it. Uh, there's, a, there's a story in, in John 4 of a woman um, who goes to a well to get something to drink. And this woman had got an emptiness on the inside. She'd been searching and, and trying, actually she'd been trying relationships to try and, and fill this, this, this hole that was on the inside. She'd gone from one broken marriage, from one broken relationship to another. Her life was a mess, her life was a disaster. And she sat here at the well and, and she engages in conversation with Jesus. Not realising of course that it was the son of God. And Jesus says this question to her. If you knew who it was who you were talking to, you would ask him and he would give you something to drink that would well up into eternal life. He would give you something to drink that would satisfy and quench your thirst forever. She was in the presence of God and didn't even realize it. The, the conversation um, ends up and they start talking about the Messiah. And the woman says, when the Messiah, when the Christ comes, he'll explain everything. All this brokenness, all this stuff that's messed up. When the Messiah comes, everything will be okay. And he looks her in the eye and says, you're talking to him. He's here right now. She didn't realize it. Friends, do we realize this morning whose presence we're in. That the creator of the heavens and the earth, the one who sustains all things by his powerful word, the one who is the king of kings and the lord of lords, the one who is the name above all names, the one who has all power and all authority, the one who is the resurrection and the life. He is here. He is here. Jesus is here. That changes everything. Let me read you this scripture. I'm reading this out of the, uh, the, the New King James Version, which is slightly awkward because the print in this Bible is ridiculously small. Uh, but we'll, we'll go with it. It says, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman. I love the, the, the drama of the King James. And behold. <laughs> behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity for 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. He laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, There are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath day. The Lord then answered him and said, Hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it? So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it, for 18 years, be loose from this bond on the Sabbath? And when he had said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame and all the multitude rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. I just want to uh, just pull out just a couple of things uh, over the next 10 minutes from this passage. This woman had been sick for 18 years. It's a long time, isn't it? Yeah. Now, as a Jewish woman, I presume that she would have gone to the, uh, to the synagogue every Sabbath day. 
Can you imagine that? She came to church every week for 18 years and left exactly the same. But that day, something was different. See, that day, Jesus was there. She was in the presence of God. Religion couldn't help her. A church service couldn't help her. Her friends couldn't help her. But Jesus... Friends, I want to encourage you this morning. We've come to more than a building. We've come to more than a church service. We've come to more than just hearing a talk this morning. We are in the presence of Jesus. The one who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It says, and, and this is why I'm reading out of the King James. I, I, this is a powerful phrase that it uses here. It says, she could in no way raise herself up. That the implication is there that she wanted to raise herself up, but in her own strength, she could do nothing about her situation. I wonder if there are people here this morning, and you cannot raise yourself up. In your own strength, you can't do anything about your circumstances. You've tried the medicine, you've tried the doctors, but you can in no way raise yourself up. There's no way that you in your own strength can make yourself feel better. Maybe it's not physical. Maybe, it's, maybe there's people here suffering from depression or anxiety and people have told you, oh, just pull yourself together, but you cannot raise yourself up. Maybe there are people here and in your own strength you can't fix that marriage. You can't. Uh, bring up your kids. You've tried everything in your own strength to, 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 to improve that financial situation, whatever it may be, but in no way you can raise yourself up. But Jesus, but Jesus, he's the one who can do all things. He is the God of the impossible. You see, it's a, it's a kind of a bit of a religious saying, but it's not actually biblical that God helps those who help themselves. Actually, God helps those who can't help themselves. Those who have no hope, those that can't do it in the natural, they are the very ones who Jesus comes for. It says that when he saw her, just get that. Now, Jesus, of course, could see everyone, but the implication is that when he looked at that woman, she got his attention. Jesus sees everyone here this morning. But he has a special place in his heart for those who are broken. He has a special place in his heart for those who are sick. He has a special place in his heart for those who are in pain. He has a special place in his heart for those that need a miracle. He sees every one of us this morning. He sees the areas of our lives that are broken. He even sees the, the things inside that no one else can see. He sees it all. And I love this. It says, when Jesus saw her, he called her to him. See, that's the answer right there. Jesus looked at this woman and invited her into his presence. And that's what Jesus does for every one of us this morning. Everyone that's sick, everyone that needs a miracle, Jesus is calling you to himself. I can't heal anyone this morning. Jared can't, Chris can't, James can't. No one here has the ability to do it, but Jesus can. 
And this morning, Jesus is calling you to himself for in his presence there is healing. In his presence, there are miracles. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. In his presence, there's freedom. He called her to himself. Now, that moment, the woman had a choice. Would she obey his word and come? Or would she stay where she was? Maybe out of fear, maybe out of unbelief. Maybe out of, oh, I've tried this before. But the woman came, she responded. You see, often we misunderstand the miraculous. We think that 100% of the miraculous is on God. Actually, that's not biblical. All the power, all the authority, that's on God's part. But our part is obedience to his word. No one in the Bible, God just zapped them and they were healed. They had to respond to his word. This morning, you can hear his word, but are you going to respond to that word? Are you going to come into the presence of Jesus and are you going to allow him to touch you? That, that involves vulnerability, doesn't it? But it says that Jesus said, woman, you are loosed. And then he touched her. Jesus wants to touch people this morning. He wants to touch people's bodies. He wants to touch people's minds. He wants to touch people's families. He wants to touch people's circumstances. Because when Jesus touches you, everything changes. It says that immediately, she, was, she straightened up and she was able to lift herself up. See, that in a, in a general sense is what Jesus came to do. He came to lift people up. He came to lift people out of sickness. He came to lift people out of pain. He came to lift people out of depression. He came to lift people out of their circumstances. And how he did that was that 2,000 years ago, he himself was lifted up on a cross. He himself was nailed. He himself had blood flowing from his hands and back and, and side and feet. And, and as Jesus was lifted up on that cross, he was paying the price so that we could be healed. He was taking our sicknesses. He was taking our disease. He was taking our pain so that today, as he was lifted up on the cross, today we can be lifted up out of our infirmity. Come on. I want to close with how Jesus closed. You see, they, they got a little bit mad within the religious people because they still had this idea that healing was an event and it couldn't happen on the Sabbath. But Jesus was trying to get them to understand it's not an event, it's a person. Wherever I am, there's healing. And then Jesus uses this example which I would never use. He compares the woman to a donkey. Don't do that when you're preaching. You, you're not going to get invited back. But Jesus says, imagine that you had an ox or a donkey that's thirsty. And there's water. And, and, the, and the donkey wants to get to that water to drink and satisfy its thirst. But it's tied up and can't get there. Wouldn't you, out of love and compassion... Loose the, the thing that is bound, that animal, so that it can go to the waters and drink. He said, if that's how we treat animals, how much more? This is a child of God. Yeah. 
You see, water in the Bible, it often speaks of God's life. And this woman wanted to get to the life of God, this life that's eternal, this life that's abundant, but she was bound by her infirmity. And Jesus said, in the same way that you would loose an ox or a donkey, I've come to loose her chains so that she can experience my life. And this morning we're in the presence of the chain breaker. The chains of cancer, the chains of arthritis, the chains of diabetes, the the chains of multiple sclerosis, the, the chains of fibromyalgia, whatever it is. He is the chain breaker. Because there is a river we can drink from. It's a life of God this morning. And anything that is stopping you enjoying that life in all its fullness is here to break those chains. And, and the greatest chain of all this morning is the chain of our own sin, our own disobedience. That's really the thing that binds us and stops us from encountering the presence of God. But when Jesus shed his blood, it wasn't just so that we could be healed physically. It was so that the chains of our sin could be broken, that we could know forgiveness, we could know eternal life, and we could be restored in relationship with our Father in heaven.